0: The afterlife is an interesting concept for me. So many different ways spiritual that people look at it with reincarnation, different levels of a positive and sometimes, and obviously in a more Christian faiths, a negative and ending up in hell. Personally, I'm one of those people who regardless of belief doesn't really want an afterlife. I just want to be done when I'm done and have it be over completely. No Reincarnation, no heaven, no hell and purgatory or any other way that we look at this. So, I find it interesting when we explore this story where a person claims to have died and woke up in hell, but found a way out. In the story, I died and woke up in hell. I found a way out. And here we go. I was never a good person in life. I cheated on my wife, cheated on my taxes, stole from my business partners, beat my kids anytime they looked at me wrong, and overall just acted as a general scumbag. In hindsight, I see it clearly. I wish I could start over and do it all over again. One night on my way home from my law firm, a freak ice storm covered the highway. I had a four-wheel drive and didn't think about the falling sleet and the hail until a truck in front of me began to slide. Then jackknifed and flipped and landing not even 10 feet in front of my SUV. I had no time to react. I slammed the brakes in the very last millisecond, but ended up going into the side of the trailer at 70 miles an hour without a seatbelt on. The last thing I remember was the time slowing down to a crawl as I flew through the windshield, shards of safety glass glittering like stars all around me in the winter air. Then it was blackness. I awoke screaming and hyperventilating in the same blackness, but without any pain. In the darkness, I felt my body, running my hands over my arms, legs, chest, and face. I didn't seem to have a single broken bone or laceration. I was even in the same expensive Armani suit I'd been wearing during the accident. It seemed miraculous that I had somehow survived and unscathed, without any even a tear in my suit. I stood up in the darkness, putting my hands out in front of me and stumbling around in short, hesitant steps. After a few minutes of this, I ran into a wall. The wall felt warm and seemed to vibrate under my fingers. I pushed on it, and my hands went into it. Like pushing into silly putty, I began to rip away the pieces of the wall and throw them behind me, and a shaft of light pierced through the hole that I had just made. The light illuminated the cavern I was in, showing a floor of cobblestone soaked in layer after layer of red, dark-clotted blood. The wall itself looked like the guts of some massive creature. It had long shards of white bone running through the top and bottom of the smaller pieces of bone, connecting them. The rest was some small white, red, and vibrating tissue. It was like intestines that had been unspooled to form a never-ending solid wall. I looked down at my hands and saw, with horror, the dozens of black, maggot-like worms squirmed all down my wrist and hands. With a yelp and a jump backwards, I frantically tried to shake them off. But I could feel hot stings coming from my hands as they bit me over and over. After a few minutes of writhing and rubbing my hands together, I got them all off. I could feel my heart beating out of my chest, and instinctually kept checking the rest of my body to make sure I didn't miss any more of the biting, blood-sucking maggots. The soft, fiery light that came through the hole I made in the living wall showed me a door of the opposite side of the wall from the, from the hall from the wall. From what I could see, it had a straight hallway that went off into the darkness. Having no other good options, I started walking down the hall, the minuscule light quickly fading into nothing. I put my hands, and my hands out in front of me and felt the smooth stone walls. I walked straight in line for what felt like hours before seeing a glimmer of red light. At first, only tiny pinpoint, but as I walked towards it, it grew and grew until I realized I was staring at a door that must have been 20 feet tall, surrounded by polished white bones on all sides. The bones that composed the framework of the door were so massive they looked like they'd come from a blue whale as if someone had taken the ribs off of one of them and fused them into the archway. All I could think of as I approached the door with my wife, child, my job, everything I'd identified as me, everything that gave me meaning, despite having cheated on my wife many times, I still loved her deep down. After all, I protected her from the knowledge of what a poor husband I was, simply out of loving her. I had never let my five-year-old child suspect that his father was involved in anything illegal or immoral. My love for them was what made, made me protect them from all the things I had to do to guarantee us a better life. And now I just wanted to see them again, to be with them. I knew I was basically a good person, and I just wanted another chance to prove it. I kept their faces in my mind's eye, and I walked through the massive archway. It looked big enough to drive a tractor trailer through. I saw flickering light come from the either side. And, taking a deep breath in, stepped over the threshold. What I saw horrified me and shocked me into stillness. I had walked into the open field a dark red and black clouds above blocking out any sky. The light flittering through them cast everything in a bloody glow. The field itself looked like a first time a farmer's field. Finally spaced rose, soiled, you know, soil plowed into perfect lines. Growing out of the earth stood many squat brown plants covered in thorns. Out of the tip of each one, a large egg sac clung, weighing the plant down and bending many of them to the ground. The egg were pale and unbroken, filled with fluid and dark silhouettes in each one. I saw beings writhing, one adult-sized silhouette which, in one sack, some putting their faces up to the wall of the sack with a silent scream, and others trying to reach their arms or legs through. But the sturdy covering of the yoke just bowed out with their arms and legs and didn't pop. It looked as if people inside the eggs were all drowning. I quickly began speed walking between the lines of horrifying plants, wondering whether the plants fed on the people in the sacks or whether it just fed them and gave birth to them. As I passed the first row, one of the sacks burst and a torrent of fetid, rotting fluid burst out, dumping a beautiful, naked woman at my feet. She had long, blonde hair and green eyes, flawless skin, and a tiny, upturned nose. She heaved in a deep breath as if she'd been drowning before looking up at me. Oh, oh God, she said. Please don't hurt me. I shook my head and helped her to her feet. Why would I hurt you, ma'am? I asked. Everyone here hurts me, she said, starting to weep. Her fingers shook as she sobbed. Bowing her head in a pathetic way, I grabbed her arm. I promise you I will not hurt you. I'm one of the good guys, but I think we should get going. I said, we really need to find a way out of here. Out of here, she asked, crying and laughing at the same time. There's no way out of here. Don't you know where you are? I shook my head. No, this is hell. I don't know if it's hell or in the the Judeo-Christian sense, but it's close enough. Everyone here is dead. I don't feel dead, I said, rubbing my hands over my suit, my face, my hair. Everything seems intact. She nodded at this, her crying quieting down as she focused on my face. Everyone comes in like that, she said, until they catch you, torture you, burn you, rip you apart. Then, when your body is too spent to fill anywhere, they bury you in these fields. These plants grow overnight, encasing your body in a sack and bringing it to the surface where it starts to feed you and revive you. After you're healed enough for another round of torture, the fruit of the plant burst. Oh. Who brings you to these fields? Who's in charge? I asked. Her pupils dilated, her eyes wide. She whispered an answer. Angels? Angels do. And at that moment, a bolt of lightning shot down from the red sky, bursting open dozens of plants nearby, and showering us in a mixture of blood, amniotic fluid, thorns, and leaves, and I grabbed her arm. Let's get out of here, I said. We can talk more when we get somewhere safe. She laughed at this. as if it was the most absurd thing she had ever heard, but... And we began to run. By the way, I gasped between breaths. My name is Jane. I, it is Jay. "'Angela,' she said. "'At the end of the field, I saw a paved road. "'It had countless potholes and cracks running through it, "'and some parts of it had been wiped out "'and fallen into the stream "'that ran parallel into the further side, "'but I was glad to see some sign of a trail. "'A road,' I cried, pointing in excitement. "'Maybe that road leads somewhere out of this hellhole. "'She shook her head in amazement at my stupidity, "'but I ignored her. "'I had hoped that there was some way out of this "'that wasn't just a never-ending landscape of horrors "'under a blood-red sky.' The road seemed to stretch out in both directions forever, fading in each horizon in a perfectly straight line. I could see parts of the road that were entirely missing, and it looked like some bridges had collapsed farther down in the direction I was looking. So I turned the opposite way and started moving, holding Angela's hand as I went. Her presence gave me some sort of comfort. She even reminded me of my wife to a certain degree, as they both had very light skin and overall Irish cast to their faces. "'If this is hell,' I said, "'then why are you here?' She looked at me, surprised by the question. Heaving a deep sigh, she looked away. No sense in keeping secrets here, I guess, she said. We're just going to get captured and tortured to death anyway. That's all there is here. It's just a never-ending cycle of pain and death. A lot of these people completely lose their minds. She rubbed her eyes and rubbed her hand over her eyes as if her head hurt her. I always wanted to be an actress, but I grew up having no money, and I met an older man who said he believed in me and that he wanted to take me to L.A., but we needed money to get from the East Coast to L.A. and to live there while I looked for work. He convinced me to rob a bank with him to get it. Needless to say, it didn't work out very well. He got spooked and murdered two of the tellers before a security card came out and shot him in the head. I grabbed his gun and killed the guard, took the money, and ran. But when the cops caught up with me, I pulled over slowly, put the gun to my temple, and pulled the trigger. I had no, absolutely no intention of going to prison for the rest of my life. I was just a stupid kid, really. I couldn't believe that this angelic, innocent-looking woman had participated in murders. It shocked me to my core. If this is hell, I said, I don't really feel like I belong. Yeah, I did some bad things, but I never killed anyone, never put a gun to anyone's head never killed an animal. She looked up at me sharply. You're only lying to yourself, she said. No innocent one comes here. But I really don't care what you did, to be honest. We're both trapped here, and that's all I need to know. There is no hope. Just don't betray me. Our only chance of surviving longer is to stick together and trust each other. As we ran, the fields began to fade and what looked like an old, dilapidated western town began to take its place. I saw people hanged by their necks from the street signs. Overall, it's the safest place in the area. However, I began to pull Angela over in that direction. There was an old saloon with swinging gates, and we walked inside, wary of the traps. And in the corner, I saw what looked like a medieval knight with a mass of white wings flowing out from his back. He held the man's mouth open, while another man in a full suit of, glue, of blue, glowing blue armor poured molten lead down his throat. The man screamed for a moment, then lead ate through his neck, and he collapsed to the ground. Angels, Angela said to me. Their heads turned towards us, but there were no faces there. It was just an empty black void under a platinum helmet, one that seemed to glow from its inner, own inner light. They approached me, and I grabbed Angela. Please, please, take the girl and let me live, I screamed, my heart bursting with anxiety in my chest. They looked at each other in the back at me. Tell me how to get out of here, and she's all yours. I'll hold her down while you burn her alive or cut her pieces. Please, I just want to see my family. To my utter astonishment, they nodded at me. One spoke in a deep, slow cadence, his voice sounding like thousands of voices of different pitches all mixing and echoing together. You can ride the lightning up to earth, one said. Lightning connects us to the calling of magic. Those who call on demons or try to contact ghosts, any who are weak and small can be overwhelmed by those who can ride the lightning up. To them and possess them. But you will always return to us in the end." I nodded, throwing Angela in their direction and turning to back to run back into the field. Lightning was crashing all around me now, bursting egg sacks and plants every few seconds, but I was no longer afraid of it. I looked up to the sky and saw a swirling whirlpool of red and black and stood under it as a bolt struck me directly in the center of my head. I felt myself being sucked up at incredible speed and saw above the clouds a deep void. I fell into the void and saw through the, another set of eyes. Two teens played it with a Ouija board in a graveyard, giggling as if it was a game, surrounded by black candles. "'Demons! We call on you to answer us!' said in a high-pitched voice, shrieked. As his mouth opened, I rushed into it, his eyes widened to shock as I pushed his soul out, sending it spiraling back into the void i just emerged from. I now had a complete control of his body. "'Hey, man,' the other kid asked me. "'Are you okay?' I nodded, smiling, looking at the clear sky and feeling relieved to be back. "'Never been better, buddy.' And these stories continue in other parts of the series. But where we end right now is the laughable part where this person, while in hell, thought they were a good person. And at the end, at the first chance of betrayal, sacrificed another being to further torment, even though she was likely to receive it anyway, for his own means. And then took an innocent, well, foolishly summoning demons, innocent young teen place, pushing them down to hell in his stead. Look... You got to do the right things because of the right things to to do to accept the consequences of your mistakes. And to me, there's not much more vile than someone who will put someone else in their place for punishments that they themselves have earned just to delay the inevitable. So for me, while this story likely continues in ways that I'm curious and may dive in further, I hope that as we read further that this son of a bitch gets what he deserves. Because in the end, hell comes from us all if we deserve it whether we do it as some sort of afterlife or in the life we live. Hell doesn't have to be a place, it's just a state of mind.